0: Get. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello.
1: <laughs> We're back again.
0: Yes, it's been a long what, three weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. It took me a second, but I got there <laughs> with the math. Um, yes, it has been, um, but we are back, and what episode is this? Because I have no freaking This is clue.
0: episode 66, and my husband kindly reminded me before the show to make sure you know what episode it is,
1: because
0: he doesn't <laughs> like, you know, having to listen to us figure it out.
1: Are <laughs> sure? Are you sure it's 66? Because I feel like uh, I said that the last time, I was like, ooh, because it reminded me of 66. Oh, no,
0: you're right. Oh, shoot. 67. For some reason the la- the late I pulled up anchor, but the it let like, your husband
1: up... down. Yeah. Well I'm glad you
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's over. No. <laughs> I'm glad you were paying attention. It was a uh, good summer.
1: It was good while it lasted. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's 67. Yeah. Seven. That's what I thought, but I wasn't here. You yeah.
0: just wanted to make me
1: look dumb. Okay. No, no. If I wanted to do that, that would have happened a long time ago. <laughs> but um, I am Bay,
0: and I am Jay, and this is the, the part I don't
1: get. Yay! <laughs> One day we'll get it right. <laughs> it's harder to do it on Zoom. Yeah, because there's always a to say little it. delay. It's way easier to say it in unison um, when you're in person. Yes. So the last time we recorded, you asked me how my week was, and I said that a child had asked me if I was pregnant. in oh, yeah. jeans. Wow, so was a long time ago. I've got an update. <laughs> okay. um, there is a lovely, lovely lady that is uh, new to my place of work, and I really like her, and she's always asking me how I'm doing and how I'm feeling. And I'm like, "This woman is the nicest person. Oh, she's no. so, so nice. And she made like a weird question earlier on a couple months ago. And I was like, hmm, that's an odd question, but okay, I'm going to move on with it. And then this week she said, so how's the baby treating you? And <gasps> I... <laughs> oh my God. And I said, um, I don't want to make things awkward, but do you think I'm pregnant? And she <laughs> she said, yes. And I was like, I'm not so Aww. and she's very apologetic she's very nice I don't
0: want to make things awkward where I
1: work there are a lot of pregnant individuals or people on maternity leave so she was like I'm sorry I got you like mixed up with somebody else I must have just you know and she's new so Aww.
0: but okay. um, mm-hmm.
1: like you know it's interesting how even during that shaming moment of, for myself I still felt for her I was like yeah, especially bad. to <laughs>
0: Honestly, whenever you say like not to make things op- things awkward, I think that just makes it more awkward. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for letting me know. Right. Thank you
1: for your feedback. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, I and I know you're just trying to make it better, but I mean you're obviously the one that's like the most uncomfortable in the situation. Diffusing
1: so. the tension was my goal. But so um, you have a right to
0: say whatever. I mean, she thought I was pregnant
1: it for like two months. I mean, most people so would to cuss three her out.
0: Months. So that's pretty good. Um,
1: so, yeah, that's a long time. Um, and I kind of had a feeling that she thought that when she said a couple of other things and always asking me how I'm feeling. But I was like, you know, after a couple months, she's going to figure out that I'm not getting any bigger, you know, or someone will tell her. Well, okay. but You know what I would like to say to our listeners? Sometimes fat people are just fat. Okay. Yes. Don't ever
0: assume someone's <laughs> pregnant
1: unless they tell you. Sometimes people just got a little extra weight going on and they are not actually pregnant. And I told my therapist this earlier this week, I'm going to start a movement that w- unless someone brings it up, we are not to ask about the gestation of our future spawn or imaginary spawn because right. I imagine pregnant women get, they have to, it's like when you break your arm, you have to go over the story over and over and over again. Well, it's you people the don't question. know what to talk about it's like
0: it's like that's the only thing they can think of and it's exactly
1: and i'm just i imagine they have to talk about it all day with people that they don't even really like or have meaningful relationships with it's just like in passing so unless they bring it up i'm gonna let it i'm gonna let it uh let it ride you know yeah (laughs) well it's also weird like
0: like when you see people like touch a pregnant woman's belly oh my
1: god that is so
0: gross I like someone who said that people would just do that
1: so people would just go up to her and just touch her stomach I don't think I think the the only person I'd feel comfortable
0: with is other than a doctor would be my husband like without you know any sort of permission
1: you don't want me to reach over and touch touch your (laughs) sorry sorry (laughs) sorry honestly don't even if you were, like, super, super, super pre- pregnant, which, by the way, listeners, she's not. But if you were, like, ready to pop, I don't think I would at all have the inclination to reach over and touch your tongue. Yeah. So. It's not in me. Right. That's not in me. That's somebody else's stomach.
0: Yeah. Like, you wouldn't do that <laughs> if they weren't pregnant. So why do that now?
1: It's like, you're not going to touch the baby. And it's
0: like... <laughs> And it's like, so now is this woman just not going to talk to you? Like, did she only care about you because she thought you were pregnant?
1: Oh no, she's genuinely nice. Oh, okay. like I can tell. This is a this is a really nice woman. So that's why it was such a shame. It's like, weird though when a
0: really nice when person. she said the thing about how's the baby. That almost makes me think like she thought you had the baby.
1: <laughs> no, she's like how's baby treating you today? Okay. And I was like, "Well, my imaginary baby is treating me really well." I don't mean to make things awkward, but <laughs>
0: she, pregnant. she should have been like, "See, you gave her an out, and she didn't take it. She could have, if she was good on but her." Then feet, how
1: would she have explained that? He could have been like,
0: "No, um, don't you have a four-year-old at home? That's who I was referring to, you know." Oh, you're. If right. she was clever enough and thinking oh. on her feet. Could have been
1: like, oh, I thought you had a baby at home. Yeah, um,
0: I could have sworn it was you talking about it.
1: It had nothing to do with you're your right. Body. I'll keep that in mind the next <laughs> time I mistakenly call somebody <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> right? <laughs> you didn't let me finish. <laughs> but I was telling my husband, like this has been happening to me my whole life. Like since I was like 16, people have been asking me if I was pregnant. And I was like, a, like 100 pounds lighter almost then. And yeah, I remember you 16, me about that. Like six, like you know, like I hope I'm not pregnant because that good luck for that kid, you know, because I certainly was not mature enough. <laughs> God help that kid. Sure. <laughs> but you know, like I remember like that, and and like so, it doesn't even matter the size. Like even at a moderate size, people yeah, ask I've
0: that. I've gotten asked it. I know our skinnier friends have gotten asked that. It's
1: so strange. So strange. So, let's start this movement now. Yes. That even if someone is obviously pregnant, just none of your it damn business. It. Just don't talk about it. Yeah. Insane. scene. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how my week went. Uh, that was my therapy session, and this is my follow up. This is my post mortem. Well,
0: uh, <laughs> I have some good news. Um, I had You're pregnant. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, that's that that, so that, funny. Yeah, that, that was a weird segue. No. Uh, on an unrelated note, I found a Chinese place that has both egg drop soup and wonton soup combined. Okay.
1: Whoa! <laughs> what does that taste like? My goodness gracious! Did you try was, it? Yeah, because I was like,
0: I was like, man, I want wonton, but I want egg drop soup. Can't, can't and then choose. there was,
1: there was. What was know, it called? Was it just called wonton? It was literally wonton? called
0: egg drop wonton soup. <laughs> it's literally just egg drop soup with wontons in it. nice nice. so that made my day okay
1: and then you know then you have to look for the place that also has wonton egg drops sweet and sour or is it yeah ooh, that would be is is it sweet and sour or is it hot and sour uh oh no you're right hot and sour okay i feel like an idiot every time i order that for my husband because i can never remember what it's called so i'm like can i have sweet and sour soup please and they're like you mean hot and sour i'm like yes Definitely. That one, the one that has sour in it. <laughs> Have some sour soup, please. You know what I mean. The one that
0: has word two words in it that are, yeah.
1: yeah. But was it good?
0: Yes, it was very good. It good. hit all my taste buds that needed to be hit. That's what's most important.
1: That's what's yeah. most important. Yeah, it's. Well, it's I'm
0: glad food. that you found that. Oh, and I tried going without caffeine for like two days, and it was awful. Did you get a headache? Yeah. It's not like I haven't gone without caffeine before, but it gotten, and I wasn't drinking like a crazy amount, but I was just like, oh, so this is going to sound really weird. But <laughs> the main reason I like doing it is because, like, when you go off for a few days and then you have a coffee, like, Uh-oh. you get a great, great buzz. You
1: up. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm king of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, uh, she, she has this. <laughs> are you okay? Do you need to call in sick? take your meds today I know uh yeah I know I know what you mean I just can't get over the tired factor like you're so tired and then you get a headache and then you still have to like go on through your day
0: yeah it's not really a realistic plan for me Mm -hmm. I don't know why I do that to
1: myself I'm just a little crazy well you just said why
0: yeah I know but I think I'm also (laughs) a little crazy (laughs) <laughs> i have no
1: idea whose turn it
0: is uh it's well i, I think a while. i think you get to go twice because i went twice
1: oh i don't care i i well I really okay my topic is kind of dark what's your okay thought? well then you definitely go first okay oh actually no mine is kind of dark too but um <laughs> i'm gonna try and make it funny <laughs> so you go go for it. okay all right because huh. <laughs> yours is just straightforward dark let's let's do you yeah it's it's kind of hard to even make it funny. Okay, um, great. You're really setting the scene.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was even like, is this like spooky? Like Halloween I was like, no, this is just like messed up. Um, okay. so my topic is, so obviously we all know that, uh, about Mount Everest,
1: the tallest mountain in the world. Yes. I um, think your topic is. And I am so down. <laughs> The <laughs> my
0: topic is the dead bodies
1: that have been oh my god this is exactly what on. i was talking about <laughs> is exactly, oh I, I it's it it's so fascinating oh my god the pictures they oh
0: i feel talk for about those a dark rabbit
1: i feel yeah. for those people and their families first oh. and foremost but you know we can't help i mean they are there so yeah it, it is you think you you grow up thinking like you know mount everest i will never look at but it you have no idea, idea. Fact, i know i'm
0: never gonna look at another mountain the same way um, <laughs> seriously i think i have like a fear reaction though okay okay All so right. real quick my, my sources were um a podcast episode actually called omnibus the podcast is called omnibus and the episode was 127 the bodies of mount everest um an hbo special uh, real sports with Bryant Gumbel called oh. glory of death climbing mount everest uh and an article uh called the bodies of dead climbers on everest are serving mm. as guideposts by Katie Serena yep. I know on all that's interesting.com and then of course wikipedia so um just a little bit of background uh, mount everest is the highest mountain on earth above sea level uh and it is located in the himalayas which is um it's in nepal but actually the china nepal border runs across its summit point um it in the first people to successfully climb and survive the climb were um edmund hillary from new zealand and tenzing norgay from nepal in 1953 um okay and Tenzing Norgal is, um, you know, obviously from Nepal and he's from an indigenous tribe that are known as Sherpas, who are, um, you know, they, because they've grown up in the, in the mountain, they um, have acclimated to the Mm -hmm. uh, elevation. Elevation. Yeah. And um, basically, they're better inclined to, to yeah, basically, you know, these rich people come from all over and pay them to basically guide them up the mountain and carry all their shit yeah yeah the hbo specials really really went into that it was really actually kind of i i
1: heard that statistically they are more likely to die on mount everest than anybody because they go up it more. They go up so many times yeah Yeah. i mean Um, that's their way of life right like that's their income that's literally
0: yeah they were interviewing these guys and and sherpas that is yeah the sherpas and they were like so uh, Brian Gumble asked this one Sherpa, he's like, so how many of the employees do you think would want to do this if they had a choice? And he was like, I'd say 90% would not want to do this.
1: Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um,
0: and, mm-hmm. but it's like, literally they have like, they make money this way and it's, I'm sure you make decent. I would for, hope it would be a lot. Well, it's good for their country, but it's also like you run the risk of dying. So yes, yes. So, anyway, um, the mountain is 26,000 feet. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry, 29,000 feet. Um, how dare you? 3,000 3, off. <laughs> I know. Um, so, the, it takes six to eight days just to get to the base camp, which is oh. kind of like, I guess maybe. It's like a
1: misnomer.
0: Yeah, it's like. <laughs> so, what people do is they, they fly into, um, they basically fly into the base camp and then they, um, they start the, the trek up, um, at the top of the mountain, which is about, well, not the top, I'm sorry. Um, anything above 26,000 feet is an area known as the death zone. So pretty high up. What, what Um, feet is that? Say
1: it one more time. 26,000 feet. Okay. And then it is 29,000 total. Yeah. So that's just that's- like that tip is the death zone. Okay. Yeah. Basically it's based on like elevation, elevation. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Cause the oxygen is getting thinner and thinner as they're going. Exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, let me just give you the,
0: exact- and I'm assuming
1: I- it's colder, the further up you go yeah. as well.
0: 29,032 feet. Okay. To my little Google search. Um,
1: <laughs> On the so, research folks
0: <laughs> how we do it so once climbers get to the death zone they usually cannot last more than 48 hours okay um it takes about 12 hours to walk from the start of this this uh death zone to the summit of the mountain okay. about one mile which
1: oh my god it
0: takes so long because your oxygen levels are yeah. at one third, the normal amount. Um, and the barometric pressure causes everything to be about 10 times heavier. Wow. Uh, And a combination of this basically causes you to feel sluggish, disoriented, fatigued. Um, and then I read other things like organ failure and they were talking about, you can have a retinal hemorrhage and like, go.
1: Yeah. Um, and then like other, and like, that's why you, you really have like that short 48 hour. Yeah. Window. I
0: mean, that's a okay. very strict window and some people have even less time and this is with oxygen tanks. Mm-hmm. So if someone were to go without oxygen, they, okay, let me back up someone that's not, um, acclimated to the altitude. If they yes. go like you and I, Um, without (laughs) the oxygen into the death zone you would lose consciousness in about two to three minutes
1: whoa I have no doubt it it would be 30 seconds for me yeah
0: (laughs) right I I think I would
1: hyperventilate I mean Uh, I went in Colorado we went up to Pikes Peak and obviously that's no Mount Everest but it, it was pretty high for me and I remember being like god it's hard to breathe up here And I didn't get elevation sickness, but like you could, I could feel it, man. I could feel it. Yeah, it just feels different. Mm -hmm. Um, and then
0: the snow is so frozen that you can die just from like hitting the snow or falling on it. Oh wow! Um, Okay. Yeah, I think I couldn't find exactly how cold it is at the top, but. These like got to be cold. The average weather on Mount Everest is like negative 36. Okay, but I bet it's like twice as twice that at the top, is my guess my uneducated guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, um, there have been about I've read anywhere from 200 to 300 climbing deaths um, that have occurred on Mount Everest. And over four thousand people have climbed it. Um, Okay. Unfortunately, due to the weather and the conditions of the mountain, it is very difficult to remove the bodies off of them. Yeah. Um, Even helicopters can't fly in that area because of the lack of oxygen. Yeah. Um, And in the in one of the documentaries I watched, they were saying that they've actually like hired like they've started a business of like removing bodies from Oh
1: my god. Yeah, but the
0: people removing them have died too. Because um, I can't imagine it's got to be super dangerous. Yeah, it's like the people died for a reason so it's like, you know, getting them down. Yeah. Like oh, on the I I I think it was the Brian gumbel um the HBO special, they showed like them removing this this one body and he was like literally frozen like it yes. looked like it was fake. Like his hand, they're was like, preserved. Yeah, because yes. it's so cold, they're preserved yes. and they're basically frozen the exact way they died. And Ugh. he just looked. I mean, it was just frozen s- stiff, and it was just so weird. I was like, my my brain couldn't like comprehend what I was understand. seeing. It looks
1: fake. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's basically um, become, you know, basically like a kind of a road map for hikers. Mm-hmm.
1: Um and it's like actually called yeah. yeah,
0: it's called it's actually called uh Rainbow.
1: Shoot, what is it? Not Rainbow Trail. Rainbow. Ugh. I know. I know the name of one of the people that are that's distinct. a Rainbow
0: Valley. Because all you the know, different colored the, yeah most of jackets. the hikers had like very bright colored you know either jackets or or boots could see um, them through the
1: snow yes oh my god oh, yeah I'm
0: guessing I know the one you've probably heard of is it green boots
1: yes okay I, I'm, and after I heard of it on a podcast I could not help myself I had to google yeah that's the first thing I did and and he's wearing green boots mm-hmm. yeah
0: so um he's one that pretty much everyone that's going to the top has to pass him because he's yes. uh right at the entrance and he's right at this cave area where people usually stop in order to like take a break um yeah. so you basically have to an like
1: overhang yeah yeah
0: you basically have to like kind of or he's i think his body has been moved since then but you basically at one point would have to like sit next to him to like kind of oh, a little
1: bit so gross
0: um so he is believed to be Teswang paljor an indian climber who died in 1996 um but there's been some other like some other um theories that he might be somebody else like you know there's so many people that are unaccounted for so um, and he's not still there so i believe he was uh i i don't know if he was like kind of blown like to a different area but he is not um, there
1: anymore due my to understanding. the environment he was moved okay
0: yeah dude yeah it wasn't i don't think anyone removed him like so
1: that's why they're not able to, to positively identify yeah him. exactly
0: okay. so it's like well he might be this person okay. um and then in 2006, oh. so this was 1996, so 10 years later, um, a British climber named David Sharp uh, was found in a hypothermic state um, in this right next to Green Boots or right near him. Um, and he was found first by someone named Mark Inglis and uh, in the group of people he was with. Um, so you know, the unfortunate thing is like you can't really stop to help people in the death yes. zone because you're you have so little that's, time. That's what I heard. Yeah, I it's know. literally, like every man for himself kind of thing. So this and guy, the,
1: it's expensive to go up, right? Oh yeah.
0: So to get a permit alone costs eleven thousand dollars. Oh, oh
1: my god! And I heard like
0: the average cost is anywhere from like twenty five thousand on because of all the gear and stuff. Yeah, exactly.
1: And I have to imagine, just like the mindset of someone who's doing this, like this yeah. is like their life's mission to go up there. Yeah, so and they, some people they're go not up stopping than for want. nobody. Yeah, they're not stopping for anybody. They've waited, they've trained, they've raised money, spent money. So you know, it it sounds terribly sick, but I believe that these people would not stop, even if they yeah, could.
0: and they actually, um, and well, they could stop, obviously, but
1: yeah, you know. but it's like then you're both dead
0: kind of thing um so yeah. so mark inglis found him he basically radioed for advice on how to help uh david sharp um but you know no one could really give him any help um and it was believed that about 40 people passed sharp and did nothing and he oh. died of extreme cold uh some hours later um and so it became very controversial yeah um, and uh the the first one of the first um i believe it was edmund hillary uh one of the first uh met people to climb mount everest actually spoke out and um said you know this is not okay this is not why we do this yeah um, you know you're you're not giving us a good name here
1: yeah you're making us look like
0: yeah dicks. but
1: some people think that
0: people mistook sharp for green boots and so they just um, might not have realized
1: or maybe because um, like was he conscious um because maybe they i doubt it he was also deceased if they're so used to seeing in you know, i'm sure they've been informed that like you're gonna see yeah you know, these bodies you know if they're used as guideposts and stuff maybe they i i would hope i would hope that some of those 40 just were innocent in the thing they thought maybe he might have already been deceased and that there was nothing that they could do and that yeah, maybe they had been there for years and years and years yeah because they are so very well preserved or maybe
0: they thought okay he's taking a rest or although they say like once you stop like you're you're not getting up, you know, it's like you yeah. gotta just keep moving. Um, so yeah, or it's you know, it was like people in the group situation kind of just do what the group does, yes. but it is very high sad. mind. Oh my gosh, it's so sad! Yeah, and the media coined it summit fever when you're just like so yeah. focused on getting to the
1: top. Were you inspired by this because you recently went on a big hike? Um,
0: that was sort <laughs> of it, but it actually just up a mountain. Came- it came up my, uh, on my news feed. Oh, okay. And, and then I was like, but then, yeah, the hike, I was like, you know what? This is perfect. And oh man, my hike seems like nothing now.
1: Oh yeah. I'm sure. But like, I'm sure when you got closer to the top, you were like, oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. Even in, in like a minute scale. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. People experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And for, for those of you listening, I, I went to Maine and hiked at Acadia park. So that was fun. Um, shout out to Andy
1: and Beth who went with me because um, I certainly wouldn't have been able to go up <laughs> I like was walking my dogs the other day and I was like going up a hill in the neighborhood and I thought of the story of you guys going and I would have been like nope <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my god I, I watched a video of people hiking up Everest oh my god like
0: I mean obviously it's Mount Everest so it's going to be hard but <laughs> there was this one point where it's just like this glacier and there's this huge gap in between the two glaciers all they have is this two like rickety uh ladders like i don't even know how they're you know put together and then ropes and that's how you get across like
1: sounds really fun yeah, that's and it so was fun. like
0: shaky. I was like, oh my God, I'd be like, this is where my commitment ends. <laughs> yes, like, can, I, can I get a refund? <laughs> I can know, I'd like my
1: 11, 11
0: grand back. <laughs>
1: um, Pay the Sherpa on the way out and let's go.
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: Um, so
0: another famous uh, body that's a landmark on Mount Everest is known as Sleeping Beauty. Um, mm. Her name is Frances Arsentia, and she was actually the first American woman to climb Metaverse without any oxygen.
1: Yeah. Like, See, that's what I've heard. Like, that's jerk. the thing is that all these jerks are like, I'm going to be the one yeah. that makes it without oxygen. Yeah. And that is the thing that gets Earth them. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Because yeah, people say, oh,
0: it's not like it's cheating if you use oxygen. I'm like, no,
1: like, it's, not. it's not.
0: Like, you can't defy. <laughs>
1: like Like your physiology, like, yeah, like
0: you're not God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm. so this was in 1998. She went, uh, later at night with her husband. Um, I think she was like in her forties. Uh, they got separated. Um, she ended up dying of hypothermia and oxygen deprivation, big shock. And she was found by an Uzbek team who tried to give her oxygen, but again they were too fatigued and they had to basically leave her. And the sad part is she was begging them not to leave her.
1: Oh my gosh! And it's like, so, oh my god! But I'm like still confused. Like, so they're going up the up the mountain, and they pass these people. Yeah. So or most are they people, coming back down?
0: So most people die on the descent. So going down.
1: Really? So Yeah. They, they've already spent their energy, and yeah. their oxygen. Okay. Exactly, yeah,
0: because um, you're you're tired, you've got, you know, you're pushing it with the
1: time. So if they, like, stop to help you, they would risk all those terrible things that you said that could occur within past the 48-hour window. Yeah,
0: and I read somewhere okay. that they stayed with her for, like, a close to an hour trying to help her, so it wasn't like they didn't try. Um, and
1: everything is so much heavier, so they can't just carry her.
0: Exactly, yeah, okay. Well, and she would kind of like
1: comprehend, yeah. It, I know they, it's okay. like, wait, it,
0: yeah, like you know, in a normal situation, you'd be able to stay with them and call 911 or something. Yes. this okay. is unfortunately not one of those situations. Ugh, um, so yeah, Could you
1: imagine like if you really wanted to and you tried and you like gave up hours of your time and then you would have to be like, I am so like, I'm so sorry, like, you would be, yeah, so I mean, broken. I don't. I mean, I'd be survivor's
0: guilt so would just oh and actually so one of them one of the people from this trip actually uh went back i didn't get his name but he went back and um found her body and uh like kind of put it to the side it's like you know as a sign of respect and gave it yeah. like a little sort of burial but not you know because he felt what so they bad.
1: what they could do yeah yeah
0: and unfortunately that the husband was did not make it either so
1: oh wow yeah um
0: so and uh, there's also one called the german woman
1: um handler schmatz she has a a, a less pretty name
0: yeah <laughs> <You could laughs> be sleeping beauty wrong.
1: green boots the german woman i know
0: it's like okay
1: like we couldn't think of anything creative i know i'm like i'd
0: be like what how about little mermaid or something (laughs) (laughs) so she was again going she was on the descent going down the mountain and this was in 1979 um she basically sits down and is frozen in that spot um the creepy thing is she's frozen with her eyes open and her hair and her hair looks like it's blowing in the wind because it's frozen now i tried oh my god I, i couldn't find any pictures that looked like that description so i don't know but i can only imagine i mean that was the
1: 70s it maybe has that's true. changed yeah
0: yeah because i saw pictures of obviously green boots and sleeping beauty um and then the oldest body to be found was george mallory he was discovered in 1999 and he Um, died in 1924 he actually attempted to be the first person to climb Everest
1: yeah and they like used to climb in like fucking tweed yeah and that's what he was wearing he was wearing a tweed jacket right yeah oh my god could you imagine
0: yeah so there
1: was no like under armor
0: yeah there was no (laughs) (laughs) and that was another thing like the in the documentary no uh, Patagonia
1: for these people
0: like yeah, in the HBO documentary, a lot of the Surfers were saying that some people would bring the most ridiculous shit. Like someone brought like a table, like why th- that they would have to carry. And he's so like, they could dine. Yeah. Like you're on a mountain. It was just like, and they're just saying how oh, ridiculous and like how ridiculous it was. Um so mm-hmm.
1: customers always write, not
0: yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, and another another story about that there was so there was this one guy that was very inexperienced and going very slow and the one of the more experienced sherpas was like he refused to work with him cuz he's like I I can't take this man up the mountain like he's not going to make it. And so they basically forced this new young sherpa to go with him and he's like I had no choice like if I wanted to keep my job I had to take this guy. And the conditions were not good and um so the sherpa ended up almost dying luckily they they saved him but he ended up like losing several fingers to frostbite
1: mm-hmm.
0: um all because he was forced to like take this man mm-hmm. who like no experience and in the documentary they talked about how mount everest has become basically like a like a enterprise where it's like you used mm-hmm. to have to have experience to climb it and now if you pay like a company they'll basically like take you and yes. it's become this thing where they've shown pictures of like these long lines like on the very top of the Everest or what- yes yeah and it's like and it's it looks like an amusement park and it's fucking covered by... with trash and yeah oh yeah there's trash everywhere yep,
1: yep. and poop, poop everywhere because people poop in their little exactly. they poop out the snow or they poop in bags and they just leave it
0: yeah it's oh, disgusting
1: yeah that's it's so like disrespectful but yeah it's
0: just like uh So one of the things they brought up in the, um, in the omnibus, uh, podcast was like, why do people do this? And they talked about, um, some research that suggests that the people that do this are actually like super, super control freaks, but being in this type of situation where they don't have any control is very freeing. Um, I, I almost feel like to be able to just like pass a dead body and like be okay with that i'm like is there a level of like <laughs> not antisocial, but like narcissism for yeah sure. yeah it's like this competing thing and like do they feel good that like they made it and these people didn't like oh, i hope not i just yeah and they also talked about like is it dehumanizing to nickname these bodies which i kind of thought yeah of being, I mean, I can see that, but I I also think it's like kind of a way to humanize them more. Well, at least Sleeping Beauty, because it's a nice one, I guess. And it's just like it's better than saying like body number one or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess
1: their names would they be they could just call them by their <laughs> names. But then I guess if you're like the Green Boots guy, like they don't know the name.
0: Yeah. And on some level, I guess you kind of have to disconnect in order to be able to make the climb too like you just have to be like, oh yeah, there's a body. Like, Kind of like how doctors have to deal with patients that die all the time.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because like their death will help quite literally somebody else. Yeah. But in a very odd way, it's not like, I mean, obviously it'll be a life-saving thing, but because they chose it, you know, not like cancer or burning. Bills. Yeah. Well, that's what frustrated me is there's so many jobs that people have, or,
0: you know, where they have to put themselves at risk, but these people are not only choosing to, but they're paying thousands and thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to do so and putting other people's lives at risk. Like mm-hmm. there's no way any of these idiots would have been able to make it to <laughs> the top without the Sherpas, you know, I know,
1: I know. <sighs> I, I, I would be very curious to know how how much money they make i really hope it's a lot so
0: they the sherpas make five thousand dollars a year
1: in our money yes but u.s dollar
0: yes but for considering the country of nepal that's actually pretty good okay so you know it's all relative you know
1: because these people are coming from all around the world, I guess. But I feel but
0: considering still it costs like a low eleven thousand <laughs> dollars like for one mm-hmm. permit. It's like it's kind of like a thing of like the government's just like kind of taking it all. And
1: they don't need a permit because they live there?
0: Right. Okay. But like yeah, like eleven thousand dollars. I feel like a little more from that permit should be going to the Sherpas.
1: I I I agree. And does this money just go to the Nepalese um, government to, to the to the country? Uh yes. Interesting. I so I mean you know, I don't they know. They have those... the only flag that is not shaped like a rectangle. Really? Triangles. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like uh Sheldon from <laughs> from uh, fun with flags folks. Oh, fun with yeah. flags. <laughs> Yeah, so um,
0: those are the, the main ones, but of course there's others that kind of appear or disappear depending on if it's like a warm, you know, a warm season and some of the snow melts. Um, there was all that, this is the last one, but there's a story of an Australian climber named Lincoln Hall um, who was found alive after uh, being left for dead the day before. Okay. So he, uh, this is, this weirds me out, but he was found by a party of four climbers. Um, they actually gave up their attempt to get to the summit and stayed, and stayed with him um, and helped him.
1: Well, oh, that's nice.
0: Um, and Somebody's
1: then, got a conscience but, here. Yeah.
0: And then um, they sent 11 Sherpas to carry him down. Um, so the team assumed he had died from a cerebral edema which is also very common. Um, I think it's like the brain swells yeah, and the lack of oxygen. And um, so they thought he was dead. They were instructed to cover him with rocks. There were no rocks around to do this. So they just abandoned him. Um, the, and the worst part is the information about his death was passed to his family. And then the next day, another another party of climbers found him alive.
1: Like damn. Well, I'm glad they could. have so he made him it rocks, like two or three days. He probably there. would have died. Right. Thank God. How sad. I, I guess yeah, they so... wanted to weigh him down, so he would. I think just to play. like cover him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. and yeah, yeah probably yeah, to seen, keep yeah. him
0: from. Yeah, and uh, graves like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On TV. And then, uh, other than like the altitude and everything, the uh, the other big killer is avalanches and. Um, blizzards so like in 1996 that killed um more people than than usual and then I think in 2014 there was um, an avalanche that killed a bunch of people on Everest okay yeah so that was my um super duper <laughs> happy topic you so, know that's so you know. interesting
1: <laughs> it is I, I find it I find that particular topic so fascinating i know i couldn't I find it so fascinating watching videos and looking at pictures of dead bodies i'm like what is wrong with it's, me i know it's like why do these things draw in your attention you know like because i i've heard them talk about it on um another podcast and then i even heard um um what's his face ruins everything he talked about it too and it, it's interesting, you know, like what you think you know about yeah. these like, you know, wonders of the world or whatever. And then it's like the dark underbelly. Right. It's know, like a like, oh, it beautiful Mount it. Everest with dead bodies all over. And filled with poop. You know, like good gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's really something. And it just that is a fan that's such a good topic. Such a good topic. It's, good topic. it's, so, it's just crazy. It is. I, I mean obviously terrible that these people have to yeah i hope i hope they but at the same to... time they did elect you know they this was yeah the dream. i'm sure they were i mean i hope they were told that um you know this is a very dangerous uh passion you know um uh, yeah. it's not like learning to play the piano you know it's <laughs> yeah i mean you have
0: to be okay with the fact that you there, yeah. you're, there's a good chance i think it was like one in six climbers die and oh that's come goodness. a long way from you know before we had all the materials and resources yeah. that we have now
1: because originally they didn't have oxygen tanks and that's why it took people it took them so long to be able to summit
0: yeah i think it i read it, it takes like 40 to 60 days just to become like acclimated to the altitude Interesting. Um, and then the, another big thing was like you know we didn't have like the same weather forecasting at, Availability that we do now. Yeah,
1: I think it's like, and it's a sh- very short window as to when they can go too, because of the weather. Yeah, isn't it like around April and May? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it.
0: weird. And uh, you know, this year because of COVID, they it, it was shut down. So
1: thank God. Yeah, Home's maybe like maybe the maybe they'll up a little. Yeah, you know, because like I saw, like all you know, like those Google Earth images, they were like, yeah. This is what the world looks like because people were actually in their homes. Oh, yeah, like the <laughs> you know? the bays were really pretty, and the yeah, the ocean. yeah, things were more green, so yeah, and less polluted. <laughs> I know, like, it's damn, terrible. that was quick. <laughs> I know what I, I was surprised at how quick that you know that happened, but you know, this is what humans will do too. Yeah, we know how to poop on everything, even mm-hmm. Mount Everest. Mhm. but you know well, it's interesting because you were talking about an avalanche you know like one of the topics I had many 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 months ago was I think it was probably over a year ago was Diatlov's past you know the mystery of what happened to the people on yeah that I was mountain. thinking about them and they they solved it it was in fact um an avalanche apparently but uh-huh. it was like a small avalanche so there wasn't as much like evidence that I, I heard it on a podcast that they've recently revealed How can from they be further sure, investigations though? i don't know and it, they were all like spread out because they were like running yeah and like and some then, of them like
0: their boots were just there right
1: yeah they were like um and they believe that like if they did survive the avalanche that you know the hypothermia you know you take your clothes off because you get hot oh yeah so um, they, they did solve that. So that was interesting. Um, and I, I wanted to say it when I heard about it, but I completely forgot, but there you go. <laughs>
0: well, I'm glad that mystery was solved.
1: Yeah. Well, mine is um, a, a spooky season topic because nice. it is October. I've been saving this one for a really long time. I was requested um, by Front of the Pod um to to do this topic and I was like okay I, I thought to myself like I really want to because I kind of already knew the answer um just because of my background in in art and stuff so um I, I it wasn't necessarily a part I didn't get um but I was like okay this is still a good topic I'll save Nobody it else until, like, get like sp- spooky season <laughs> you know yeah so um the the park. That this person didn't get was what is actually called post mortem photography. So, hey. have you ever heard of that? Uh, no, but I can put together what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, and not in like the modern day forensic sense where you're like taking pictures of a crime scene. Oh, okay. That's so, what I was um,
0: just
1: doing. so post mortem photography, also known as memorial portraiture or mourning portraits. Um, is and was the, pa- the practice of photographing people who had recently died. Uh, and I'm talking full on gowns. Um, their hair were, was done. Sometimes death masks would be made to make them look as though they were alive. Their eyes would be open. Um, so it's essentially like staging them um, in a morning memorial portrait. So. A lot of different cultures have done this, uh, but the best studied version is in Europe and America, specifically around the 19th century and Victorian era, if you will. So it, the reason why they did this was because they were able to then, you know, remember and memorialize their departed loved ones how they wanted to so they dress them up however they wanted to it, was it was like, like in the they... casket or like not uh, even... sometimes um sometimes they would prop them up in chairs and things and sit them next to um family members who were alive oh. and it would be a whole family oh. affair oh god. um yeah <laughs> Thank god they don't do that anymore <laughs> um but sometimes they would be flying solo and um but the way you have to imagine it they looked like they were alive they just looked like they had a very odd expression on their face <laughs> okay. um you know like a very kind of almost stunned look if you can imagine but like yeah. they were the way they were dressed is if anyone's ever been to awake you know when it's an open casket like the person looks like they're just sleeping in the casket yeah. so it's a lot like that but imagine a smile on their face you know but I don't think they would smile, but um, so the family was able to, you know, memorialize their departed loved ones the way that they wanted to um, and remember them essentially. So the daguerreotype was invented in 1839 and it made portraiture more uh, accessible because before that people had to sit and be painted as a for portraits and that of course was extremely expensive. So the you know, more modern photography became, the, the more people got photos. However, it was still rare, so it was expensive and it would, would have been a really big deal to get a photograph in the early or mid 1800s. So sometimes these photographs were like literally the only photographs that would have existed of these people. So that's another reason why they would have gotten them you know, um, to memorialize them because there was nothing else but just memories. Yeah, so, I was going to say, why
0: didn't they just use other pictures? But I guess that wasn't a thing. It would have
1: been very rare for them, you know, for you to have multiple photos of your, of one person at, the, at that time. It's just too bad um, that it like, it's not till they die that you get. <laughs> I know. And um, a, a lot of them are of children, um, you know for that reason as well they definitely the only photograph that they would have had also like the camera had to have a really long exposure time so like the shutter would be open for a really really long time oh, and yeah. people would have to sit or stand very very still that's why in old photographs you very rarely see people smile because you know like when you're yeah. reading and they're like say cheese and you're just sitting there with your fake fake smile and you're yeah like, take the damn picture you know yeah. So, they would have to do that for minutes. So, they yeah, I don't blame them. <laughs> you almost never see them smile. And that's why a lot of times they're very grainy because, you know, the minute little movements that people will do, it, you know, would show up in, in the photograph. So, um, according to Mary Warner Marion, quote, postmortem photography flourished in photography's early decades among clients who preferred to capture an image of a deceased loved one rather than have no photographs at all, end quote. So essentially answers that question. And it became a big staple for, for like photographers and f- photographic businesses in the 19th century. Mm. Like this was a service that they would provide and I'm sure advertise as well, um, which is super gross and <laughs> an odd to think of. Um, according to Nancy West, the author of a journal article, quote, camera fiends, early photography, death and the supernatural, end quote. Photography advanced at a time, or not end quote, uh, photography advanced during a time, outbreaks of cholera and tuberculosis and fearful of their mortality. Many embraced this new medium preserving the images of, of, of the dead loved ones, end quote. So, you know, they were just keepsakes, you know yeah Uh, to keep and then later on they invented a way of doing multiple pictures so you know I'm sure they made copies you know pass out to the relatives yeah um here here you go and I remember when my grandmother died we were going through her possessions um you know she was born in like 1910 and you know there were some very very old photos in her and just what there was in the house and I remember we saw one she had one of like a of a toddler of like oh, and, shit, I, and I really? remember being like mom what's going on with this what is this photo and she's like oh I, I believe that you know because it was it was odd the way the, the photo just looked so weird yeah you're like what what's going on there so I was like oh my gosh that's so crazy um and you know I was like a teenager so I didn't I really didn't understand that but yeah so, but once like the 20th century came and, you know, cameras became way, way, way more popular, people had more photos of themselves and were, and, you know, obviously now we're all digital. So, um, you know, it just faded out, you know, this practice. So this was not really long enough to be a whole topic. So I thought to no, myself, like, like. Mm-hmm. is there anything else that was kind of related to this? And. It's very interesting that as this became popular, so did what we now call spirit photography and um, spiritualism and like the whole idea of, you know ghosts and uh, seances and all that, that was like big money in like the late 1800s. And like that whole, like people would, would go on tour like being like psychics and seeing like talking you know essentially like Miss Cleo you yeah know, they uh, go, uh, what's her name from Staten Island Long Island yes, medium the Long Teresa. Island medium they With would be hair. all over the place and most of those people had you know before they died were like you know it was all fake and you know they would you know just dupe them and make them oh yeah like I think they'll do that <laughs> by pushing like you know triggers and things like that and Um, But they were like really famous people who were really invested and interested in the whole idea of spiritualism and, you know, the other side. So spirit photography became really popular (laughs) around the 19th century as well as photographs of actually deceased people. So spirit photography is a type of photography that pretty much speaks for itself. The primary goal is to capture an image of an actual ghost or spiritual entity you know, especially, you know, now we think of like ghost hunting, ghost hunting TV shows. Yeah. And it's traced back to the 19th century, of course, you know, the invention of the photograph. And during the 1850s and 1860s, many photographers were starting to like experiment with how to um, develop their film. And they realized that you can, t- you can do what we now call, they, well, actually they called it too, the double exposure. So, like, you know, I'm sure you've seen the accidental, like, where it's two different photos that are, like, accidentally collaged together, but they did that on purpose to make it look like there was a ghost in the photo with you, and they they are the creepiest freaking photos I have ever seen. Like, oh, my goodness. Some of them are just nasty. Like, I can't believe (laughs) that they, (laughs) I can't believe that they, like, duped these people in this way on purpose just with like a trick of the dark room it's just like i don't know i i think that that whole like you know you're like you're just taking people's money and you're praying off of the their sadness of their recently deceased loved one it's just ugh, you know it's just gross so they were exploiting these techniques for profit and this man william mumler is thought to be the first person to capture a, a, quote, spirit in a photograph in the early 1860s. So Mumler sold his photos, of course, for profit, including one where Abraham Lincoln himself was next to his wife, Mary Todd Lincoln.
0: Now that's um,
1: After he died, of course. Um, so the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. And that was like a really famous one. So he was eventually tried for fraud, you know, because he was selling them. He was making a profit. So he, he knew people, what he
0: was doing. It wasn't like oh, an yes. accident. Okay.
1: Oh, no, there's no, I mean, there, you can have an accidental double exposure, but like he was definitely doing yeah. it on purpose and it's, you know, it's like the snake oil salesman, you yeah. know, like they're doing it on purpose and they're, yeah. you know, going on tour or whatever. So oh, weirdly enough, when he was on trial, one of his biggest skeptics was showman P.T. Barnum, you know, like from Barnum and Bailey Circus. Um, So the (laughs) creator of the Barnum and Bailey Circus was very against Mumler and was like, he knew that he was a big liar. So he followed the story and, um, you know, the allegations that, mumler had apparently also broken into houses to steal the photos of the recently deceased relatives so that he could then you know take photos of them and put them in the photo so he was like further duping the families wow so that. he he like
0: um he kind of invented um what do you call it what you know passed, or no uh photoshop like the original.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is the this is the OG Photoshop. Good for him. But like, he would like really make these people think it was their actual loved ones because he would steal their photos. So, you know, there were a lot of allegations of this, and then him, you know, you know, fraud frauding people. So he of course went on trial. And PT Barnum testified himself um, against Mumler. And one of the biggest damning ev- pieces of ev- evidence was P.T. Barnum got with his own photographer and he made a picture of him standing next to dead Abraham Lincoln to prove how easy it was. To oh fake. okay. And so um unfortunately despite that damning evidence thanks to P.T. um he was acquitted. <laughs> he, he didn't he didn't um he didn't see, see the inside of that jail cell, so. but, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, and, and if you Google, there's a ton of really famous spirit photographs out there. And if you even just like look it up and I'll post some on Instagram, like there, some of them are so creepy. It's like the person's hand is like on the person's shoulder. It's so gross. It's a lot like um, that movie Insidious where like the, the you see the photo of the of the woman in black and she's like clo- getting closer and closer and closer. Ooh, yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot like that, but um, it's all fictionalized. So yeah, so that's the end of my topic. <laughs>
0: oh, that, was, that was a good one.
1: we're all about
0: we're all about the dead bodies tonight i
1: i i know it's so weird how we do that sometimes but um (laughs) on sync yeah but essentially mine is all like kind of fake like spiritual photography is fake and then they would pretend that the deceased people were alive and it was for a good reason yeah um to memorialize their loved ones but yeah in in a hundred fast forward 150 years no it's just creepy yeah Just- <laughs> <laughs> didn't stand the test of time <laughs> no but you know who's to say if we fast forward 150 years from now what Bill god said, only knows it's creepy yeah some weird they'll ass- <laughs> <laughs> be like what but- the fuck is tiktok <laughs> i know right oh it's a rabbit hole that that's what it is but <laughs> I'm going to post that on Instagram. Uh, So check us out on uh, the part I don't get, or this is the part I don't get on Instagram and Facebook and email us at thepartidontget at gmail.com for your stories and things that you don't get. And we'll put them on the old cast.
0: Yeah, I think, I I guess we won't, we shouldn't post pictures of the bodies.
1: No, no. that might be a little too much
0: for folks. You can of course look it up if you're interested but yes. I don't want to scare anybody I was thinking
1: a nice pretty picture of Everest yeah back before, in the old before days we before we ruin it polluted yeah. yeah and then the spirit photography is all it's all been proven to be very yeah very, so very at least scary. we know that's not real <laughs> <laughs> so yes I'm not gonna post those um <laughs> we'll spare you uh, no not gonna post that yeah, yeah. stuck in my head forever <laughs> little, little tacky um, <laughs> so yeah but yeah uh we'll see you in another two weeks i think we have one more uh episode before halloween Halloween. yeah so i'll have to think of another spooky topic yes
0: we'll have to do a halloween episode all right
1: all right all right
0: right. Bye. bye